If you trade or work with crypto, then you need to stay on your A game and maintain peak performance. In this episode of Kastoshi, I talked to Hala Abdul, who helps people with mental health issues related to crypto. If you have traded crypto and experienced the highs and lows of this 24-7 market, you will probably understand how crypto can affect your mental and physical health. The signs that you may have a problem are constant price checking, FOMO, and feelings of guilt when you get it wrong. If you experience any of these, then this episode is for you. Harla explains how she helps people to become aware of their situation so that they can take the first steps to fixing things. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Kestoshi, and today we're talking to Hala Abdul. Hala Abdul helps people with mental health issues and specifically has had a lot of clients who work in crypto. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do, Hala? Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me on. Um, so my name is Hala. I'm a psychotherapist and I'm licensed in Canada. Uh, I think that I have the best job in the world, but I'm biased. So definitely don't, don't take my word for it. Uh, what I do is I help people um, keep it real, basically, so that they're not getting screwed over by the markets. Um, and it's so I specifically work with people in crypto, right? So I help them keep it real so that they're not getting screwed over by the markets and so that they can stay on their A game, right? Because at the end of the day, I think if you're not speaking openly about something, it's hard to take responsibility for what's happening. And so the bottom line is um, you got to be strong, you got to be healthy in order to make good decisions in your life and in order to achieve some sort of peak performance. And that's, uh, that's where I come in. Okay, so could I ask you for a quick example, for example, if someone's watching this, and they say, that's for crazy people, I don't I have no mental health issues. Could you give an example of where it could change someone's um um like like what they what they do in crypto yeah i mean look to be honest a lot of people don't need therapy chances are you're going to be okay with it you're going to be okay without it the way that i see it is if you have accessibility towards it strategically speaking it can be helpful to have someone uh facilitator streamline the process for you to actually feel better and get better um or to just stay okay right and so it's not necessarily that everyone needs it a lot of people don't need it actually but you could it can be a really um, helpful resource if you've got access to it. And so with my clients, we work on, I basically work with people in fintech on everything non-fintech. And so we work through things that I think anyone in the community could probably relate to, things like um, coin FOMO, excessive checking of the charts, feeling isolated, feeling burnt out. Um, <laughs> this is stuff. There yeah. you go. You know what I mean? I mean? Everyone has like, done, yeah. <laughs> totally. Or just like a lot of web thinking, like by web thinking, I mean, or by web specifically, I just mean like interrelated thoughts. So things like, I don't know, say the price goes up, you guilt yourself because you should have bought more. The price goes down, you guilt yourself because you should have, um, you know, you should have bought a little bit sooner. The price stays flat, you guilt yourself because this other coin mooned. You sell at a profit, you guilt yourself because the, you know, the price kept going up, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, if owning a coin is causing you to stare at the ceiling at night, it means you're doing something wrong. And this is where I would come in to hopefully help out. Okay. Okay. Now, now I really do understand what you do. So, um, okay. So could we start at the beginning? How did you get here? I mean, did you just feel sorry for everyone in crypto and you wanted to help them or, or like... <laughs> You know, or were you born, you know, wanting to, to do this? Like, how did it start? 
Yeah, I, I definitely didn't feel bad for anyone. I think everyone in the community is so passionate and driven and hardworking. And for me, it's kind of my values that align with those values that draws me to this community, despite the fact that I'm I'm the farthest thing from tech savvy, which is quite ironic. And I don't say that as an understatement, like I'm genuinely pretty bad with tech. And so it's ironic that I'm, you know, that I work with this population, but it, it was never um, linear. Like it kind of found me. I didn't find it. It started with the one person in crypto that I worked with and then the next and then the next. And then it just kind of became a thing. And for me, I one thing that freaking makes my days when someone tells me that crypto or whatever line of work you're in actually helps scale your mental health. I think that's how it should be um, for everyone. Or if not, you know, I, there are some people that just want to work and then they check out and then it's just a source of income and that's cool. That's what makes you happy. Can you, can, for can other you rewind folks, there though? What, what do you mean by scale your mental health? That's not a term well, we use in Europe so much. Yeah, totally. It just means staying on track and you know doing whatever you can to stay on that path and so because whatever it is that you're doing in life whether it's crypto or another field that you're in life goes like things happen life happens things go sideways and so the idea is how do we find ways to manage that and navigate that so that you are feeling strong you're feeling healthy you're feeling empowered but also just kind of calling yourself out on your own bullshit like we all have, we all struggle with cognitive distortions, just kind of like thinking fallacies. We, um, no one, no one can see things hundred percent objectively. That's the reality of it as human beings. And so if you can have someone help you lay out your mental landscape to just see things more clearly and better understand what you want and need, because we also change over time. Um, that's what scaling your mental health could look like other days. It could just look like damage control. So, but what I mean by that is, maybe you are feeling totally burnt out. And so scaling your mental health in that situation means um, going from feeling absolutely terrible to just feeling okay. And even that is a win. And sometimes that's the realistic goal to pursue. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, so one day you're saying that someone who you sat next to said, was, was I'm guessing they were in a bad way and you helped them. And then you helped another person and it kind of went from there. And then mm -hmm. it kind of snowballed. And now you've learned about what everyone in crypto is doing. And you, you've seen some patterns, which were, I assume, related to what your work was already in helping people. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. So it's kind of, that's totally it, right? Because as human beings, regardless of what our work is or what our lives look like, we experience the exact same feelings. Mm. You know, you could be an accountant, you could be a librarian, you could be um, a personal assistant, or you could be someone in crypto, and we have the same feelings, whether it's stress or joy or sadness mm. or grief or, you know what I mean, or excitement. And so it's the same things, you know, across the board. But, you know, the more I started to work with people in tech, the more I, I, I better understood kind of what comes with the territory, just even something as simple as 24-7 markets, which that in itself comes with its own kind of bag of, of stressors and opportunities. You mean checking the price all the time, you know, like even in the middle of the night. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so so can, I, can I ask you, have you ever bought or sold a, a crypto to kind of understand? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, but, so have you kind of, so you understand what people are actually yeah. doing? Yeah. I, I don't understand it as much as someone who's fully immersed in it. And I always yeah. like to make the disclaimer. I'm not someone who's in crypto. Cause I think when you yeah. say I'm in crypto, it gives the, it implies that you really like, you know, your stuff, you're from the community, you like, that's your field. 
that's not me. But for me, it's the best way to describe it is that I dabble with crypto. I do own digital currencies. Right now, I can straight up tell you the markets are not nice and my investment portfolio is a sinking ship. And that's another understatement. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're all in it together and, and hoping for the best. You know, that's interesting. Actually, most people who say they're in crypto haven't got a clue. Seriously. I think mm. it's like one or two percent of people even know what crypto is who say they're in crypto. <laughs> so, um, Fair enough. so so don't Fair ever enough. don't ever think that you don't yeah. you don't um like understand it because yeah. I, I'm I'm very surprised at how many people are making big decisions in crypto and really don't understand like you know se several tens yeah. of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars and they've got no idea what they're doing. That's fair enough. I see where you're coming from, right? Because when when was it that Bitcoin like really exploded? Around that time, it started to become more of like a, I don't know if trend is the right word, but it became the cool thing, you know, whereas you've had people that were involved in it years and years and years before. Um, and it's not to say that anyone that joined the party later is any less uh, qualified or, or anything. But yes, I see that now it's more of a cool thing. And so people might be more prone to just having some association mm. in one form or another, whether or not it's it's accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me personally, like in 2014, I lost well over a thousand bitcoins, pretty much everything. And yeah. um, that hurts. Like just hearing it hurts. That, well, it's funny because now it, it hurts other people more than it hurts me. I know people who lost less than one tenth of that sometimes like maybe um like like a 50th of that and yeah. they went bananas and, and they couldn't take it yeah. and for me i mean i you know i had to I, I thought about it very philosophically it's like you know why did i do it why am i in this um but i know a lot of people who who, who basically destroyed their lives after that you know and they destroyed their mental health and since then, and then I kind of was out of it for a few years. Um, but since then, I, like recently, I've, I've met a lot of people. I mean, I know multiple people who've sold assets or, or remortgaged their houses. And I know, I, I know a lot of people who don't sleep at night. And this, yeah. you know, and they're saying, and they know they shouldn't be doing it, but they cannot stop it. And yeah, and a lot of people come i do i understand a lot about how crypto works and about the trading and i've so i've had, I've had a lot of big losses but um when people ask me for advice like they say like I, they say what should i do and even trying to sit down with a lot of people they can't do it it's mm -hmm. almost i feel like a lot of people want they treat it like a casino yeah yeah um, and that's like that's a good good comparison in many different ways yeah i see that so if so, so so if someone is for example trading at home or if they're a trader in a firm what are the key things that you could say to them that because a lot of these people like a lot of people at work will never admit they've got if they've got mental health issues or, or, the, or they might just say oh i'm stressed um mm -hmm. what would you say to these people are the benefits of actually getting help and maybe you could talk bit about that because 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 these people i think a lot of people want to go and, and say to their boss they need help but they're scared and the boss will say i don't care just make more money yeah you know one thing to think to, to keep in mind is that at least as of now it's a pretty male-dominated industry right and so that being said 
generally speaking for males, it's more taboo to express emotion or to show vulnerability. And so it's important to put that out there and that like, fair enough, I get that. Um, but otherwise the reality is if you're struggling, you shouldn't have to struggle alone. And the truth is a lot of, it's like you're in it with everyone. Everyone has felt whatever it is that one said individuals experiencing in a given moment in time, including, you know, incurring a huge loss, which is, it's, it's a lot, you know, because when you're suffering from a loss financially, uh, for one thing that can have a negative financial impact on you. And then that can also have a negative financial impact, a negative impact, sorry, on your self-esteem, on your self-worth. Cause now you're feeling like crap about yourself and now you're kind of second guessing yourself. And then what happens is behaviorally that might cause you to overcompensate where you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You tunnel vision, you rabbit hole into whatever it is that you're, you know, looking into or researching, and then you start to buy a bunch and then, and that's where it's kind of like gambling. Like it becomes, it, you, it, it can be very easy to spiral. And I think it's important for people to look at that and acknowledge it because no one is immune to it. So simply acknowledging I'm a human, I'm imperfect. I am prone to spiraling. Any of us are, you know, and if you're not in crypto, it'll be with something else, you know? And so just recognizing what our imperfections are can put you in a position of power. It can help you understand, okay, this is one of the risks involved. And then with therapy, you can understand what can I do to prevent that or manage it when it is happening? Because sometimes you can't help it, right? Hmm. Okay, so, so can you give me an example of maybe where someone recently has, has, um, has like, you know, either lost money or they've made bad decision and, and, and what actually caused it? Uh, maybe if it was something else in their life or could you? Yeah, look, that's like a philosophical question and you're saying what caused it, right? Um, because the answer would be, who knows, you know what I mean? It could be a variety of things, but yeah, totally. I could think of a lot of people that I've, I've, I've worked with where they, yeah, they have losses and, and it's hard, especially if you're talking openly with, with other people about what you're doing or what you're excited about. And then it kind of feels like you fall flat on your face. Um, as far as what causes things, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. Cause at the end of the day, when, when you're riddled with stress and anxiety, the parts of your brain that are responsible for optimal decision-making go offline, they stop working. And so what happens is if you 10X that over the long-term, it really can kind of veer you away from being on your A-game. And then what happens is you're gonna, you know, when you're under pressure, you're less likely to use logic, you're more likely to use emotion or make snap judgments, uh, which can be costy, quite, quite literally. Sometimes that will work in your favor if you're making a snap judgment where you just get a win. And that can be dangerous because then you might do the whole, I knew it, my gut told me I'm having a hot streak, this is great. And then you, you develop this kind of hot hand um, mentality, right? Or what might happen is you're going to make a snap judgment and it's not going to go in your favor. And that's not so, that's not so great either because then you're incurring a loss and then you might do that whole thing where you want to overcompensate and all of that. And I think a good solution to that is um, one, take accountability. Like instead of deflecting onto someone or something else where it's like, oh, it's the market suck right now, or, oh, this person told me like, just take some accountability, recognize your, the, the hand that you had in it. Um, and, and so that you can kind of take a step back and learn a little bit and then move forward. And in order to do that, you got to leave your ego at the door. Like you need to be okay, leaving your ego at the door such that I think it's such a solid skill to know how to lose with grace. So if you can lose constructively, yeah. I was going to say, so, so do, do you, I mean, I've heard this as well. Does, does, 
a lot of people say that do they blame other people or the market or everyone except themselves yeah that's like your whole like internal or external locus of control your internal locus of control is often if something works well like you make a snap judgment it works in your favor you're you take you internalize it like i knew it my gut told me you know what when i was younger i did the same thing it yeah, works and then we do a little bit of <laughs> yeah. confirmation bias we all get like that you kind of hype yourself up and then your external locus of controls when you externalize something so say it doesn't go well you you suffer a bit of a hit um and then it's gonna be like oh the markets are bad man or like oh this person told me to do it but i knew i shouldn't have done it but and now it's external um, and so even I think it's important to recognize a difference between an external and an internal locus of control so that you can be a little bit more objective about it, just noticing or recognizing what are the things that are out of your control. And then more importantly, what are the things that like what's in your control, what's out of your control, because the reality is that there's a ton that's out of your control. And so, mm. and that's where losing with grace comes like you got to recognize losses are, are an even coin FOMO. it just comes with the territory, it's part of the game you got to be okay with it and you can't take it all personally. Instead, you could take a step back, ask some questions so that you're maintaining an upward learning curve and move right on. So, so do people get angry actually? Because I, I, I know like if I know people who, for example, who, who are down like 250,000 or half a million dollars, you know, they, these are not people in firms, but people who've like made personal commitments and they get angry and, and, I normally don't talk about it with them because most of them are men. And um, I, I don't know, are they angry at themselves or are they blaming, are they blaming someone else as well? Because I, I just kind of stay away from it because I don't, because I, I know how hurtful it can be. Yeah. And the, look, the truth is it hurts. Like there's no way around that. There's, I don't know that there's anything any of us could do or say to make it not hurt in the moment, at least like it hurts. But the question is, what do you do with that hurt? Do you get defensive? Do you get reactive? Or can you just kind of recognize that, okay, this sucks. Like it's going to have a bad impact on my life. It hurts. Kind of let that happen mm -hmm. for a second and then find ways to be, to lose constructively or to just be proactive. Cause there's always going to be losses. There's always mm -hmm. going to be failures. That's fine. If you can learn how to navigate that, then you're, you're really, um, you know, you're positioning yourself pretty well. Okay. So, so number one accountability. So they understand that they're responsible but there might have been some things out of their control like certain market mm -hmm. crashes could be everyone is down yeah and then two what you're going to do about it <laughs> yeah and i think even just with the accountability piece it's so much easier said than done you know and because it's it doesn't feel good for any of us none of us want to see ourselves in a in a negative light or kind of in a self-limiting light but again it's 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 how the world works it happens um and so just even just practicing some curiosity around maybe entertaining the idea that i might be accountable for some things is a really good step it's a first step um but yeah if you can get yourself to the point where you can fully recognize okay here's what i did and here's what else i could be doing that's great um and even just the whole idea of leaving your ego at the door because it's it's easier said than done and yet it's very very important you know um Something else you could do is even banish the word need from your dictionary in certain situations. And so, and I see this happen a lot with coin FOMO, you know, or even with like, with think of this with codependency with work. That's something that I see a lot 
where it's because it really mimics an interpersonal relationship where it's like my work needs me and I need my work and I don't know where I end and my work begins and my work ends and I begin and the lines start to get really blurred um, and that can get really messy and so if you can banish the word need from your dictionary at times that can help because when you're telling yourself I need this win I need to make a profit I need to work harder or I need not work harder so much, but it's more so I need that win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really skews your mental landscape. And then, it, you know, you really make it your reality. And it's just kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. I was, I was actually just about to say the need word, because I was going to say, uh, like, like, if someone's got anger issues at themselves or the market mm-hmm. or whatever, it might be because they've just spent their college fund, which mm-hmm. was for their kids on crypto, and that's gone to zero. And and then, you know, the wife has said, well, I told you you shouldn't do that. And they said, yeah, but I was trying to provide for you, the wife and the kids. We needed this. And suddenly it yeah. turns into this like universal blame where the whole family is blamed. Not, but, but the wife might be, the wife might be blaming the husband or, or it might come across like that. But the husband might be thinking I was doing it for the family. So now I'm getting blamed for trying to help the family or something. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, so you really, it starts to color your, your reality, right? Or even if it's just a conversation within yourself, like I need to make this win. Mm. That's a lot of pressure because the whole idea is don't invest anything that you can't afford to lose. Mm. And hopefully if that's what, you know, everyone's doing or some people are doing, I would hope Mm. uh, you got to recognize, okay, I don't need this. I want it Mm. and it would be wonderful to have it, but I don't need it. Um, and that makes a big difference. Just kind of the self-talk that happens within your head. It's got a huge impact on how you feel, think, and even how you behave. Okay. I like that. And what about firms like Coinbase? Um, do they, do they use the, um, like, um, professionals such as yourself to help with, with their activities? Cause they must have a lot of employees who are like trading on a, on a daily basis to buy and sell crypto for large clients. Mm. I have no idea, but maybe you should uh, shoot them an email and ask them because that sounds like a good idea. I have no idea, but I I would hope that everyone is at least having the, like is being provided the option of accessibility to these kinds of services, just so that some, everyone has some, you know, has a source of support because also like burnout is real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I would say that's probably the main thing that I see across the board um and it's scary because often you either don't know that it's happening to you or you're in complete denial which not that different both things um and it's really it's really damaging it's got a lot of dangers to it mentally you know when you're burnt out it starts to become like information in garbage out um and physically it means your body is often in survival mode yeah i mean mean, i've I've been burnt out on on many occasions in the past i'm like um a recovering burnt out person in a way and uh, like, I remember in one job about five years ago, and they did a, uh, a survey, a mental health survey. They said, we really care about it and everything. And this is going back to where the companies like Coinbase use these services. And what was amazing was over 50% of the people, of the employees yeah. had mental health issues. Right. But they did absolutely yeah. nothing about it. They just did the survey. But yeah. just to know it was was incredible so 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 what what about your customers like you said it's mostly men like like how 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 long have you been helping them and what sort of numbers of people have you helped and 
you know are they are they uh, what proportion men women and are, you know are they individual traders or what sort of could you give us a breakdown of the sort of demographics yeah it's kind of a medley honestly like it's a little bit of everything so i've been working with people in tech probably as of like specifically as of two years ago probably uh, or two years now um as far as demographics it's a lot of males i do work with some some females in crypto but not a ton actually and I, but i am pumped to hopefully see more um because i know that i think there's more uh women that are actually involved in the space right now which is pretty awesome um so it's a lot of males i work with and then it's some of them are founders uh because especially with startup founders that tends to be the main the main kind of genre that i work with because being a founder is not a walk in the park at all um but then just other people that work at tech startups or at you know different um you know work for different DAOs things like that or are part of different DAOs um but it's yeah mostly mostly startup founders and it's it, it gets messy right because when you're doing when you're playing that role your job is not as simple like work for eight hours and then go offline and and that's the re- it wouldn't be realistic to say okay do that so that you could take care of your mental health and so you got to get crafty with it um, and that's part of the work that I enjoy. It's kind of pulling up our sleeves and trying to figure out how do we find a smart balance for you and how do we make this work in a way that doesn't compromise your personal life and it also doesn't compromise your your work, you know, because if both are important to you, which hopefully they are, then how do we find ways to uphold both? I think because it's like it's 24-7, it, it, it does make a difference because I once had to do a trade for a customer and I, I lost um i lost like six figures for them but when i but when we identified the trade like you know we did everything by the book and you know we studied it properly we did the research um and then when it came time to execute the trade Mm -hmm. we um we found out that um well a lot of stuff in crypto is so technical it just doesn't work still you know and so something that we thought would take like five minutes the trade it took, ended up taking nearly two days. It got stuck. So wow. we basically, instead of like five or ten times in the investment, we we lost six figures. Ouch! And 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 it, it was difficult because yeah. you know we didn't know. Like, like I had to try and explain. Like they said, well, you know, we figured all of this out. This was supposed to be like what you know. This was everything was planned. And yet they, they lost this money and they were just like, well, um, this isn't for us anymore. And, but, yeah. but mentally I, I was like, I was, I, I was in a bad place for a couple of days um, because I, I thought, okay, um, this is my fault. I should have known this, but then I did actually do a good thing. I think I, I, I thought, okay, this is, this is something to prevent it. I would have had to have had another year's like experience or something. Mm. And totally just recognizing that is so powerful yeah you but know, it, and, and it was just something which was out of our control yeah <laughs> yeah and actually to answer one of your earlier questions where you were asking what causes it you know mm. so in that example yeah it sounds like it was kind of a technical thing mm. you know where you couldn't have done it any differently in the moment but moving forward you've learned okay here are the shortcomings of of the system or whatever it is of, of whatever software you're using or whatever it is right mm. Um, and that's one where to a certain extent, there was a bunch that's in your control that you can change moving forward while it happened. You didn't know otherwise. And so you actually did the best that you could. And in that moment, the best that you could meant a loss and that's, that happens. 
Um, but if you can lose with grace, just kind of take a step back, recognize that it hurts, figure out what went wrong, what you could have done differently, and then take that forward and, and move on, then that's, that's the way to go. Um, but it's hard, right? Because also other people are involved, other people's money is involved, and your credibility, your reputation. And then that's often what I hear people talking about. And so um, it's a tough thing to navigate, but it is manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in that case, um, I kind of, I, I did I did take accountability for it. So I kept my reputation, I think. Um, and I did do an investigation as to what went wrong. And I found out I could have actually limited the losses to have lost like 5% of what I lost. But sometimes you don't like when you're doing these things in crypto, like you might say, there's a chance to buy a token and you can see that, you know, someone else is going to, you know, um, it's going to go up for, for, you know, it could be solid reasons, you know, like there's just demand for it, but to execute it, there's just because there's so many different technical things that have to be done and you don't know until you've tried them many times what the gotchas are. Um, Yeah. So because I, I did that analysis, like it wasn't like I just you know licked my finger and said okay let's just guess you know because because then I would have been in, I would have probably been in, in like legal trouble but I didn't yeah. everything was done like you know properly by the book and you know yeah. to the best of my ability but I wasn't just trying to like you know um just you know just make a quick buck on something I thought you know some suckers were going to buy there was like valid reasons I thought people were going to buy it and I failed on I, I what I thought was a valid reason and they thought so too in the end yeah. And, and here's the cool thing, that thing that went wrong or that mistake, you will never make it again in your life. Like, oh, I don't you know, know what that. I mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because, because that's one. that's, I think that's one of the, one of the things with a lot of the crypto world I see is um, it's kind of like, you, you've probably worked with, you know, a lot of people in financing as well. And when you're in, in like venture capital, for example, losses are expected and and i think this is something a lot of people that i've seen in crypto like they don't understand yet because they 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 may invest in like 10 or 20 coins but they're expecting all of them to go up and they don't realize that some of them are going to go down and it's the same with executing trades for example some of those trades will have technical problems it's it's just the way the the system works and there's something called liquidity pools and things like that and so 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 it's very hard to execute every trade perfectly and if you're in a rush it's very easy to make a mistake as well yes Um, even if you're you're, you know it well and you're very bright there's just so many steps to doing something sometimes totally Um, totally yeah no, you're right. And it is impossible to execute perfectly every time, you know? And so if you can come to terms with the fact that there always will be some missed opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it comes with the territory. It's just how it works. And I'm not saying this to kind of send the message of like, don't try or kind of sit back and do nothing. No, no, by mm-hmm. all means, stay proactive while also recognizing that you, there always will be missed opportunities. It's just how it works. Like even right now, as you and I are talking, we could probably be buying some coin that's gonna like 10x over the next Mm. little bit but we're not because we're doing Mm. this right now and so the reality is that there always will be some missed opportunities and Mm. so you got to work with what you've had with what you've got um and just kind of accept the the facts accept what's out of your control and also focus on what's in your control yeah yeah i I mean i mean one of the people who taught me trading like because of the psychology of it 
one thing that, that they um, did for me, which I didn't understand at the time, but which did me well, was they put $10,000 in, in an account and they told me I had to lose it. Oh. And that's that changed everything for me because because I said, no, 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 I have to make money. I have to make money. And, and they said to me, yeah. they said, look, you might think $10,000 is a lot because to me, it's a lot of money. But, but, but they said, but if you can't take the psychology of losing $10,000, then you're going to lose me a lot more in the future. So oh, that's pretty powerful. I've yeah. never heard of that before. That's a, that's yeah, that's powerful. So I actually did. I, I lost most of it. <laughs> how, how, what did you do to lose it? Well, it, okay so I would have I would have lost it anyway even if I wasn't trying to lose it yeah but the thing is in my head I said I'm going to show him so I tried double hard to, to, to I thought I'm going to turn this 10,000 into a hundred thousand dollars maybe a million and I had this grand plan and that and that ten thousand dollars I think I managed I can't remember now if it was nine hundred or eleven hundred dollars or something was left at the end of it um and when that went down to almost zero, I was so, I felt ashamed, but, yeah. um, but I went back to them and I said, oh, I lost it. But I, I thought I'd failed the test. I said, I didn't, I thought I hadn't lost it in the way that they wanted me to. And they said, no, you passed the test. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting hearing you kind of talk about your process there, right? Cause when you're saying, you know, you were thinking to yourself, I'm going to show them that just kind of, it shows that it is personal for everyone. Cause when you're saying, I'm going to show them, it's kind of proving your worth, proving your self-worth and, and what you can do. Um, and then even at the end, when you say you were feeling shame, cause the feeling of shame is it's, it's, it's the way that you feel about yourself. Shame is always about the self. And so you felt the shame because probably you didn't like who you were in that moment. You didn't like what, you know, what was happening and how that reflected on you. Um, and so it is personal and that can really skew our behavior where at that point for you, maybe it wasn't even fully about the money, but rather it was about you and showing them what you can do and feeling good about yourself as well. And, you know, rubbing your ego in all the places mm -hmm. that it wants to be touched. And so that's how it works. That's a cool lesson. So I guess you must have learned uh, a thing or two. Uh, oh yeah. I learned a lot from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not in the market anymore, but yeah. if I hadn't done that, I think I would have, lost a lot more customer money and my own money um i think so um so so could i ask you where do you well actually about the state we're in now with the markets down so much do you think that a certain type of person is attracted to crypto or do you think crypto has caused a lot of mental health issues because it's mm. this 24 7 market yeah it's it's a big question you know, that's a pretty big question. And I, I wish that I had a simple answer for you, but I don't, but I, I, I have a kind of multi-layered answer. So I find in a, well, I will say, I find that mental health stressors tend to increase more so in a bull market than a bear market, because it's more volatile. Things are moving, everything's up and down and it's just go, go, go. Whereas in a bear market, especially for someone who has a plan, which is to just kind of you know, sit back and hold on. Um, it tends to be, I think, in some ways, less, less stressful. Um, because especially for folks who can recognize you just got to wait it out, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, what causes the stress, I think there's so many different ways to tackle that, you know, it's, uh, 
what I see is a lot of people that are, you know, in the field, it's they share a lot of values, like the passion, the, the drive, the hard work, the hustle, um, and even the sense of community. I find a lot of people are there to build each other up, or at least from what I see, it's, it's, you know, um, what, you know, what causes what I, you know, it's so cyclical that, you know, maybe some of us are predisposed to really spiraling and rabbit holing. Uh, whereas others of us who may have had certain life experiences, like even your whole 10k loss thing, um, depending on your experiences, you might be better positioned to actually lose with grace and, you know, more so it's not so much that the crypto will cause the the stress, but I think a simple way of, of answering your question as I'm thinking out loud is it just comes down to each person's unique relationship to crypto. You know, for some people, crypto is their sole source of, um, financial income for other people it's their sole source of self-worth for other people or for most of us it's going to be a mix of both and so it really comes down to your unique relationship and also how you navigate life like can you are you defensive or are you open can you manage your stress or do you tend to is your response to stress let me overcompensate and let me rabbit hole and so it's it's pretty pretty multi-dimensional and this is why i do the work that i do i like to detangle things. I like to work with messes. I like to work with high conflict things. And I like to also get everyone's ducks in a row. Okay. I, I saw, yeah, I saw from um, that you, you, you've really helped some people like change their lives from the stuff I've read from your website. Could you just tell the audience how you've helped, you know, like how it's actually changed. Like you don't have, of course, you, I know you can't say, I know I'm always asking for specifics and I know, you can't give, I know you can't give details of names, but you know, if you mix it up a bit, could you just t tell us how you've changed people's lives? Because yeah. people can relate to that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I could think of a bunch. I could think of, um, think of someone who's got a family mm. who's got say a young kid, for instance, and they're, you know, a long-term partnership and over time, you know, what happens is you work around the clock, you reach the point of exhaustion, you hit the two X quicker than you thought you would. And now you're pumped and you raise the bar and then you rabbit hole into this little, you know, hole that you can't get out of. And what happens is that's where you start to pay, like it comes with a psychological price tag, right? Cause then your relationship suffers. You're not so much a part of your kid's life, not in, not, you're not emotionally available in the way that you would like to be. And in the way that your kid deserves, uh, you're more isolated, you're not going out as much or say that you are going out, but you're mentally checked out, you're just not there. Um, and so, you know, working with people like that, we kind of, we try to really lay out the mental landscape and see what's happening. What are the patterns? Where are you getting stuck? Where are you accountable? And often, honestly, the solutions are pretty simple. The harder part is the, it's the emotional work. It's taking accountability. It's looking at, you know, what's really going on. And then the easier part is doing things like drawing boundaries with yourself, mm. you know, because at the end of the day, you don't want to lose perspective and it is so easy to lose perspective. Mm. Um, and so I've seen it where if someone is open and willing to actually making a change, and that's a conversation I have with my clients too. It's, are you here to vent it out, which I can support, or are you here because you actually want to make some change? Cause we all have different, um, change uh, different yeah levels of of change that we're that we're in and so if someone is able and willing to make some change then it's not that hard you know you draw some boundaries with yourself maybe you draw some boundaries with others maybe you delegate more maybe you outsource more maybe you take something off your plate so that you can actually focus on 
the work stuff that matters to you and so that you can carve out space for for your family and so then you know you do the emotional work and then you do the behavioral stuff which is drawing boundaries and making concrete changes in your life and and, and so does it actually are you, are you saying that some of the people they just want to vent but some people are you saying that and some of the people want to vent and get help yeah that, so that's kind of strange to me that some people don't want the help as well yeah, because it's, you know, for some, for it's not even that someone will openly come and say, I want events, but I don't want to change. But that tends to be more of a full dialogue that will eventually lead us to that. Because for a lot of us, it's like, I would like to see change, but I'm not willing to put in the work. And so you might be unsatisfied with whatever, you know, suggestions are coming your way, because it requires you kind of flexing that muscle and you don't want to. Um, oh, and so sometimes that's going to be right? That's part of the work. It's just calling the person out and saying, well, here's what's going on. Um, and, you know, for me, the way that I see it is at least you should be, you should have, you should be making informed decisions about whatever you're doing in your life, including maybe recognizing, I don't want to make some changes right now. I kind of want to keep rabbit holing um, because at least you're being real, you're being realistic. And maybe hopefully if, and when the day comes that you actually want to make some changes, then you get to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I understand this. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really started to get any help until about 2015 with any issues I had. Uh, and, um, and when I did get help, um, of course, everyone wants a quick fix, yeah. but it takes time to actually be self-aware and, and then be aware enough that you start to see it and, and then do little actions that actually help. And, so, so when I, because I was always like, no, this is for those people, you know, other people need it, not me, you know, to get self-help, you know, everyone in, in Hollywood has a shrink, but I don't need that sort of thing. That's how I'd see it and how yeah. a lot of people see it, I think. But once you actually make changes and stand back from yourself and become self-aware, I'm, I'm, I agree that then it can help a lot. And, and, and it changed my life around, to be honest, um, mm. being self-aware I got out of some a very bad situation and um it helped me a lot um so i i have a lot of time for um for people who are trying to help other people's mental health in not just crypto but in in other fields as well yeah. because those issues might go all the way back to childhood so it's not something you can just fix like that in one day um yeah okay yeah. so so um yeah sorry go. that's that's cool though the fact that you've managed to you know kind of maybe have the difficult conversations with someone else and with yourself probably um and to make some some changes in your life and yeah like that's what it's all about because that also hopefully helps you find a smart balance in your life where mm. you can actually focus on the work that you love but also focus on the things outside of the work that mm matter to you whether it's whether it's family whether it's social connections whether it's physical health whatever yeah. it is maybe it's playing the piano whatever actually it's all of those things including playing the piano which i'm learning now but, do you actually play the piano <laughs> yeah i'm learning it now so <laughs> look at that i'm so intuitive i just i'm, I'm that good yeah. i know yeah, you're good yeah you are um <laughs> so so if so if someone wants to use your services um yeah do you teach is it just individuals or do you do groups as well um how, how does it work you know if someone's interested to um to engage your services yeah um you would you could just reach out online through my website i work primarily with individuals and i you know i think down the line I'll, i'm itching to start working with some groups and so mm. i'll probably 
get into that down the line. And outside of crypto, I actually work with couples as well, um, primarily okay. high conflict couples. And so uh, that's that's the work that I do, but I could be found on my website directly. And I'm always happy to get a conversation started and, and do what I can. Oh, actually, that's very interesting about the couples, because I know a lot of startup founders get like, like like you said earlier about someone um they might be thinking about their day job when they're with the family and that can affect the relationship in a very negative way so I've heard, I've heard of a lot of startup founders using couples therapy it does and it's actually quite heartbreaking for some people where it ends up in divorce or separation mm. depending on what the setup is mm. um it's heartbreaking because then you know, it's, it's, it hurts for everyone, including if there's any kids involved and if not just for both people involved. Mm. Uh, and then you, it's kind of like, if, if that was a game, everyone's a loser, no one's yeah, winning, I no agree. one's happy and it sucks. And so, you know, it's always best to try to be proactive and, and at least try to work things out before deciding to, to tap out. Okay. Um, one more thing before we close off is, well, firstly, do you own any Bitcoin or Ethereum? Ha. Um, I do. I do. Okay. okay. Um, I've never been asked if... that before, though, so that no, kind of caught no, me off guard. I won't ask you if it's self-hosted or on an exchange. I won't ask you that. Um, <laughs> where do you think like the industry is going in the next few years? Like, do you think that um, like like crypto is going to be uh, play a you know a big part of the future, or do you think people are just burnt out with the whole thing and it's going to go away? Or what's your yeah. Feeling? You know what, I because I don't have enough information on it to like actually have an informed opinion. Uh, I'm going to hit you with another I don't know. But what I will say is that I just think it's it's such a cool community. Hmm. The fact just the values, like the fact that everyone really is so passionate and even the whole decentralization is so beautiful. Hmm. And so for the sake of the values that, you know, that crypto or fintech in general embodies, uh, I certainly hope that it continues to go where maybe where we're all hoping it does go. And I mean, I, yeah, I hope that it is the future or that at least one way or another that, you know, this can continue to be a community of some sort that, that goes on and, and all of that. Okay. And so I don't know, but I hope. Okay. That's so you like my, the community. You like yeah. the community. Um, I love okay. it. Okay. And before we close off, just for the audio um, listeners, um, could you spell out your website name? Yep. So it's just Hala, H-A-L-A, therapy.com. And I trust that you might know how to spell therapy, so I won't do that for you. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. It's, it's been great to talk to you today. Thank you very yeah. much for your time. Thanks so much for having me on. I had a great time.